Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, folks. This is NNN Radio. I'm your host. So I don't be doing that much podcasting like I used to. And um, shout out to King Big Drip. Um, he be trying to get me to podcast, and uh, during the time he got me to try to do some podcasting with him, it just wasn't clicking for me. And um, I want to let y'all know that I'm about to celebrate a birthday soon and give y'all an update on like what I'm going through and some new conclusions. And, you know, I was feeling bummed out. I was feeling burnt out. I was sad and depressed. I really felt hopeless and helpless. And... Um, I was also trying out online dating and wasn't getting, you know, a whole lot of uh, responses, hardly any, you know, and um, I want to give also like a review on um, uh, what I've been trying. So I've, what did I uh, try before OkCupid? Because it feels like I, I tried something before I tried OkCupid. Or OkCupid was like my first one. So I've been using OkCupid for like months for free. And I had some likes that was piling up for me. And I was like, all right, let me go in and put this money down. Let me go in and take Dayton apps seriously more serious and oh hold on here we go some more pokemon we're going to continue hold on is this a battle nope no when you be playing in the middle of the night you want to turn off the game we learned that well, I caught an Abra. Oh, yes. I ran into an Abra. I was like, oh! Throughout the Pokeball, he don't broke out. I had to, I had to um, turn on and off the game from where I last saved, uh, hustled to get Abra. <laughs> then come to find out, I can't do nothing with him until um, he reached level 16. And... Um, that's when he levels up, so we we got ourselves a, a useless Pokemon. <laughs> but uh he's gonna come in handy because he's a superior psychic type and in the long run he, he's gonna pay off. He is. So we gotta do the classic of having him up front. Being first one pulled, then we're going to switch, you know, how that goes. Pokemon got to share their experience points with him. Because he can't learn any moves. The only move he could learn, I mean, he, he knows is teleport. Which isn't useful in a battle. It's useful, like, in a, you know, wild encounter, but whatever. And um, we went through this little tunnel. Well, we're currently going through this little tunnel. First guy you run into, he's like, hey, um, I want to give you Rock Smash. Just a gimme. 
I made a mistake of teaching um, Chimchar <laughs> Rock Smash. But this time around, I'm not going to teach him that because it, it'll be a waste of a slot. It really would. You can't forget HMs unless you go to like some special person. Somewhere in the game, that will help you to forget that move. However, depending on how long you progressed and some moves you gave up on, that could have been a you know an extra slot for for uh, a tactical move or whatever. So I'm uh, <laughs> I'm not going to make that mistake. I'm hoping that uh, yikes. Oh, he's getting wiped. All of the Chimchar. Yeah. Abra leveled up to level five. Finally. Chimchar leveled up to level nine. And he learned Taunt. He also knows Ember. Useful for his type. Useful. Alright, now. Um, that's going to continue. This person should have like two Pokemon. You have to battle. Picnicker. Diana. She got a Badoo. There goes Abra. I'm gonna switch him out. Come on back, bud. I'm gonna use Absorb. It's not that effective. <laughs> not very effective. So we're gonna use Ember, burn them up. Ooh, almost been a one hit quit. Use Water Sport to weaken my fire moves. It's okay, we just use Scratch, take them out. Pokemon Diamond is a hard game. Rather put a side duck out there. Um, we should switch because this side duck doesn't know any water moves. So, Chimchar should be good in this next battle. <laughs> That's the thing about Abra and also Kadabra is they're not that good in defense or um <clears throat> or uh, have a lot of HP. 
And we took out Psyduck. No problem. Yeah, <laughs> I probably went up to level seven. Good. Good deed. So we're in this new town. Kid is going to be like, oh, you're a noob. Yeah, I guess so, kiddo. I guess so. Also, the cheap thing is you could run into an onyx when you're trying to retrieve the gym leader. However, you're unable to catch him. I guess it's because our Pokemon are high enough level to convince onyx to, you know, stay in the Pokeball. So, I'm not going to try to get him. It'll still end up being a waste. No. If I run into him again, I'm going to try, obviously. But, you know, it's whatever. We know where the gym leader is. So there goes the Geodude. Ain't getting no Geodude. Run. Oh, wow, Abra. Oh, look at that. You know, I have him. Switch places. Got a potion and you know along the way yeah, we'll run into a escape rope. gym leader. She's like, oh, watch this. I know Rock Smash. And I'll see you back at the gym, bucko. Alright, whatever. Alright, let's get out of here. Good old Zubat. We ain't gonna catch him. Mm I'm not invested in trying to do the gym because our Pokemon are not even strong enough. So we're just going to go on and continue on our journey, actually. 
Let's see where, where we have to go. I'm gonna have to look on the town map. You got to do your move on me now. Let me escape. Got a Pokeball. Alright, let's go on the, look on the town map. See what direction we have to generally head in. Alright, so we got to go upward. Or we could go back around to Jubilee and go upward, or we can't go more westward from Jubilee, if I can remember. And I think this is the farthest we could go northward from this town. Oh yeah, we can't go no forward because we have to use rock break. In order to use rock break, we have to beat the gym leader. Oh man, it's going to be such a grind. Start to grind. But hey, there really isn't uh, anything else for us to do. Let's go on and beat that gym leader. So we could go on and continue our journey, actually. Meaning, oh man. Meaning we have to get a Geodude. We have to. Because he knows Rock Break. Or will be able to learn Rock Break. I should say. Alright, so. Yeah, yeah, bump it. Use Geodude just to get Rock Break. Because I don't want to waste that slot on um
It's going to be a hassle. Because Geodude knows Harden, and it's going to be such a grind. Defense curl. Whatever. So it's going to end the episode here. I was going and uh, get back to y'all whenever something unique happens. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, folks. Hopefully y'all can hear me clearly. I'm out and about doing this podcast on my AirPods. AirPods? Whatever. Hopefully y'all can hear me clear. Because I would like so wish Anchor could uh, make recording on the AirPods good, clear. At least assume just as clear as you having a conversation on it. And honestly, if this is clear, this would be excellent. So let's go on and get to the podcasts that I want to talk about here. And yeah, this is probably like the first first episode, like the first time. Yeah. Yeah, so Let's talk about hair. I've been growing out my hair again since, oh, like May, I believe, maybe June, definitely. And I used to have dreads. I used to have dreads like back in high school. So I kept them. They got past, I mean, all the way to my butt. Like, you know, when. Yeah, so long you sit on it. That's where it was getting, and the end of the straw with my hair being that long was me working at Burger King back when I had that job. You know, bending my head down to look into a fryer to clean it. I just noticed that my hair is just always climbing over my shoulder and over my own head and just going like, into the darn front, I'm just like, what? Even with the ponytail, and it didn't matter if the ponytail was tight or the ponytail was loose, because I really loved rocking the loose ponytail, you know. So, yeah, I went on it and cut my dreads, right? <clears throat> and they were like around. Like past my ear, and then I let them grow again, and they went past my uh, shoulders. So then, I tell you the truth, I never lost as much hair as those last couple of years of me having dreads, because I'm gonna tell you about the dread journey. Is that Rule number one, like, don't get your dreads done too much because you th- you thin them out. You thin out your roots, and then you thin out your dreads, and then you keep on getting your hair done. That wasn't really my problem. 
It's just that after a while, even if you try your very best to keep up with it, it's just time and your hair just being pulled and tugged like that. You just, after a while, just lose the root. Boom, boom, boom. And then you keep on twisting the new hair, and there's not enough new hair because you lost a root. And that just keeps on happening. And then next thing you know, you got, like, all these new roots that can't even, like, really intertwine. So <clears throat> it's like those times when you get your hair done, it doesn't stay fresh because your new hair is just not in that overall lock. You're just always, like, trying to, you know, build upon, like, just breakage because... That's what dreads end up doing over time is it just breaks. And the reason why it stays together is because that thread is all tangled. That's the whole why it's dreaded. That's, you know. So, number two. Yes, your hair grows faster with dreads, but it just depends on a certain length. Because, as you know, when you're in that new stage and you get that retwist like that second third fourth retwist your hair is beasting your hair growing because why because it's sticking together it doesn't have no like what's that dread forms with your strong hair that don't adjust it because that's the thing is your hair adjusts to how you're treating it over time you know you you, you treat your hair like crap your hair going to break, your hair going to dry out. You treat your hair good, it's going to stay around. So, <clears throat> them folks that got their hair in order, and after that second, third, fourth twist, your hair beats and your hair is going to grow. You know, before you know it, you're going to be shaking your dreads. That's that's also a milestone in, in, in uh, growing dreads. I remember that, you know, always shaking my dreads. <laughs> so um another another myth not so much as a myth but I just want to clarify is the number one enemy to hair all hair types is dryness it's not water a lot of people would be like oh don't get your hair wet reason why they be saying that is because they get their hair permed and it's bone flat so once your hair hits that water, and if, you know, it dries, it doesn't say what. They don't manage it. They don't have the products or whatever to manage it. And when it dries, that's why I say the number one enemy to hair is dryness. It's not heat. It's not water. I think if everybody in the hair community could all admit it really is dryness. Is not heat per se. Heat, too much heat, we call agree, it breaks your hair. Yes, it's true. And depending on the style of your hair, we call agree, wet, yeah, it could ruin that. It could ruin your definition and you just frizz up. Or, you know, whatever else scenario, your hair type, whatever product you put in results in, yeah, it changes. But that's the number one is is dry, 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 dry. Also, 
you know what some people do and they like wonder like why their hair don't grow faster is your hair needs air all right and lastly this may not count that much but maybe it's a pseudoscience i personally believe third is sunshine Get some sunshine on your skin, on your hair. I think your hair benefits from that. Those three things. I know it includes water, and a lot of people are like anti-water. But I just explained why it possibly, you know, why they're, they're anti-water. It's <clears throat> And here's where, where I could back this up is. Grease builds up in your hair. And then it gets dry. So with your hair being locked in that dry grease, over time your hair could break. So we can admit that grease over time does not benefit. It, it doesn't break down and dissipate like how water naturally does. You know, the water just doesn't stay in your hair. After a while, your hair gets dried out and then you have to moisturize. So keyword moisturize, right? Oil is just oil by itself is also just like the gel. It'll sit in your hair, dry up, and then when your hair gets too dry, with that oil, with that grease, your hair breaks more than likely. It could enable more breakage in your hair. That's why some people stay away from some shampoos. Don't leave them shampoos in your hair because that dries up and breaks your hair. Also, so we we could we we could agree, and I just explain. So, what people, what you should is look at your labels and make sure that there's some water, because that is the ultimate, most natural moisturizer to keep your hair moist, to keep your hair growing, to keep your hair strong. Because also, what a good analogy is: think of your hair. Like as a forest, a forest is not dry. If the forest is dry, it's dying. So it's moist, you know, in there. Also, what a secret is, is we can agree too much heat can cause breakage. What helps with definition <clears throat> and what can also keep your hair with body if you want, you know, want to keep away from, you know, like uh, bone flat hair, is to rinse your hair in cool water. That helps to keep whatever style shape in its initial form. I know after that, then you want to go in and shape it some more. What I notice is. Cold water is good for shape and definition, and warm water is good for, like, straight, flat hair. So, we we can agree on that. So, when you're outside and it's dry and it's hot, yeah, your hair, bad, it could break. What could lean a little closer, it can be bad, yeah, because we can all agree, dry, but cool weather. So what I notice is there's like a little trend of women that would get their hair permed or uh, relaxed 
in the winter times because it's just more beneficial and less of that hot and dry factor ruining the style, you know? They go natural in the summer. Because you're already like sweating, it's already voice, you keep your hair together instead of all broken down and flat like that. Right? So I just, you know, basically just spilled the beans and like also give you like what I observe and what I learned with my own hair. And my hair is like um past two inches. I'll say it's boist for boisterous for me to say three. Maybe three inches, like, on certain parts of my head, because also that's the thing is, if you get a clean shaven, yeah, somewhat your hair will grow evenly on all sides. But, technically, no, it doesn't. It's your edges. Especially the back of your head, the very, very back. Like, basically your neck, not even your your head, your neck. That's where your hair is typically the shortest. So as your hair grows, this is also I'm about to t- tell you a secret because of, of hair growth. All that dryness and, you know, all that banter that I'll tell you is if you heed the words, this is how you grow your hair faster is you keep it moist, right? Number one, you give it some air, number two, because I noticed that there's some people that Wear a lot of hats, wear a lot of caps, scullies, <clears throat> and even the weight community. Because I have to just be blatantly honest. If you do that too much to your hair, your hair doesn't get that opportunity to get that air, hair, air, and then, you know, grow. And plus, is it really moisturized underneath there? You know, so make sure that your hair is moisturized, even if you do wear a lot of scullies. Keep your hair moisturized and don't let it just dry and bake in there. <laughs> you can keep some hair. Um, yeah, um, a good haircut. Like how, you know, the myth of, you know, guys after when they get their hair cut, they're like, oh man, then my beard grows like two times faster and it just comes right back. Well... The same thing, but just a little bit different as far as the hair on your head. When your roots get moisture in air, it helps it to grow. Especially when you don't have buildup, because that's where we could both agree. The grease and the oil that helps with the buildup if you want to keep your hair so put together. This, I'm not saying you can't ever use grease. You just have to know... When to wash the grease out your hair. When to wash the oil out your hair. So There we go. <clears throat> you got... So when you get a haircut, you, you know, you get your edges. Right? That's allowing more air to go into those roots that's on the sides. And then, you know, if you, like, truly massage the products into your hair, you know, put... Split your hair up into sections. That's also a good way to allow your hair to get some air. Because that's where really your hair is growing is the roots, not your tips. I know you're looking at your tip because that's the end and you can see and you want to measure, right? But the real productivity is right there. 
So people also say massage your scalp. So while you're at it, when you're sectioning off your hair, you know, like put in your oil, put in your grease, <laughs> your moisturizer. You, you know, you, while you're at it up there, it's to massage your scalp. It, it helps with the hair, bro. All right. So I went on and I told y'all, you know, spilled the beans on how to get that good hair growth. All right. Well, 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 good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, folks. This is NNM Radio. I'm your host, and it's been a long time coming, and I uh, wanted to give y'all an update on what I've been doing and um, possibly what we could look forward to. Now, first and foremost, um, off of the last couple episodes I had is... is uh, about Pokemon. I still haven't beat Pokemon Diamond. I've been struggling. And, um... The stock market has been crashing, and I've been struggling financially. And I've been, um, struggling with having chronic nightmares. And, uh, more than one nightmare at a night. And it's not like night terrors where I'm like awaken and I'm full of energy. It's like I awaken and I'm still sleepy and then I end up falling back to sleep and then I have another nightmare. So I'm like forcing myself to stay awake just so that I could try to shake off or not have another nightmare. And the nightmare has been occurring at a high frequency. And um, it's sort of been leaving me with with a lot of holes in, in uh, my thinking and conclusions on how to combat it because some of the answers that I've been getting online has been conflicting with each other, especially conflicting with what I'm going through. And it just sort of leaves me with the best thing I could do is um, talk to somebody or get some medicine. But as you do know, um, my family's in the Christian faith and they don't really want to, you know, do that or because their solutions is to pray and to read a scripture and to meditate on the Lord. And gosh darn, I do that all the time. I really do. And I even have um, devotions with my family you know, where we would read scriptures and reflect and pray together. And uh, it's just very disturbing and distressing that um, I'm going through a, a lot of struggling on all types of fronts. And, and you know, it's like on one end, I could be like, oh, gosh, you know, I, I feel like I, I really need affection and some love and some romance in my life. And another thing is like, well, that's not a priority. That's like a privilege. You can't make anybody do that. If somebody feels like spending time with you, they will. So it burrows that feeling back in. But then I realize, like I'm going to be 33 this year and I am a man. So those you know, having a conversation with another guy, they're like, yeah, you're a guy, you're, you're going to have these feelings, you know, you, you got to uh, process that. <clears throat> so as I'm getting older and I'm still processing it, the 
I haven't been relieved yet. So it's just ongoing. And uh, it, it just leaves a lot of questions unanswered for me. And um, also what I've been doing is um, really uh, the, the church, um, my youth group that I got with other people. And I, uh, you know, I sort of feel like I, I don't have the emotional, psychological, or spiritual inclinations to contribute or help or provide anything. I remember the last time I was like heavily engaged in the group. I suggested some 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 answers, some suggestions, some events, and um, it was fought with a lot of vigor from the other members. They believed that um, the things that I brought up was unnecessary, unneeded, and it just made me realize. All right, I'm I'm gonna need to take a step back. You know, allow them to fill each other out, come up with some own, their own ideas because. The ideas that I was coming up with was wasn't um, you know um, congruent with with their ideas and what they have going on. So I'm like in a little catchway too. It's like, well, what makes it a catchway too is that. I look at the group and I'm like, oh, there's no this like one or two weeks, you know, y'all are really quiet in here. Like, hope everybody's all right. Let's have a, a little checkup on me and, you know, let's, let's, um, you know, see how everybody feels. But the catch away too for my end is like, just all those emotions and feelings I just expressed to y'all, I, I can express that to the group, however, there are no position or any of any real help to help me navigate these feelings because the best they could do is say, hey, I'm going to get on my hands and knees and just pray about it. And, you know, some things just take a little bit more than just prayer. And none of those people in the group, they're in no position to help me out. You know, vice versa, you know, I'm not in no financial position to help anybody else. So somebody else could be in the group saying, yeah, I'm having financial difficulties with paying my rent. I'm in no position to offer up any money. So there's nothing I could do but to get on my hands and knees and just pray. And that's not per se helping. So, you know, I'm just like stuck and I'm feeling frustrated and... Yeah, I really, I really need some relief. But even on top of that, I started another group with some friends that are in my hometown. And we're, um, and I call it like a support group where we send funny memes to each other. Doing great. And, and uh, we just connect with each other and, and even just, talk about some real guy things you know some guy stuff just guys being guys is the best way i could put it 
I know it might sound like kind of toxic in this day and age, but however, if I may be able to defend myself and defend the group, is that, um, you know, we're not, you know, spreading bigotry or being racist or sexist. None, none of that. It's just guys being able to be guys. Just in the most safe, you know, non-whatever type of way. So. So, um. I just, those that, um. The, the, the chat has just been getting quieter and quieter and I'm like asking some other friends that are part of it that I'm closer to hey what can I do what can we do to you know help liven up this group what were some new things I can introduce to the chat I don't have really any ideas and then I had an idea when I uh, put together some suggestions that um, I had a few conversations with, with some individuals them expressing that they don't have the time or the money to travel and, you know, explore. And I'm like, yeah, you know, just about every millennial is going through that. We don't have the time and the money like other, like like our, 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 our older um, relatives in that we, we must make a sacrifice to, you know, do what we want and to get what we want and that sacrifice could be like here. We basically wasted all of our 20s just going to the bar, just hanging out in the basement or being in the backyard, you know, just humble, you know, like like house cat stuff. And I'm like, here we are in our 30s. Let's not waste our 30s doing the same things that we was doing in our 20s and I came up with some suggestions of some close-by trips, you know? Like going to Pennsylvania to the Poconos or going down to Long Branch and the the guys, they started to duck out on the ideas and, you know, basically say, oh, I can't make it or suggest the same old idea of, oh, we'll go to this bar, you know, just the same bar stuff. And I'm like, what's the purpose of us planning a trip? for you to cancel and then for you to just still want to do the bar type stuff is really, you know, uh, counterproductive. And, you know, I'm just like, you know what? Those conversations that I had with them when they express, oh, I wish I could travel. I really do mean that. And I'm willing willing to, to put myself out there, to go, to move, just to be there. And, um gonna do the trip all by myself and you know on one side it eats me up you know lonely guy just going out on his own but on the other side it's like I could have canceled the trip for them and just not do it because they're not doing it but I'm like why why should I not do it just because everybody in the group decided, you know, one by one to bow out. So it's it's a bit uh, different, you know. And um, 
I think I basically got everything off my chest. Has been burdening me. Because, um, yeah, you know, I, I did gloss over everything real quick. I think that's just about it. You know, also, um, I did recently watch the Barbie movie, and that was a great movie. I really did appreciate it. And um, as soon as the movie got done, I turned to like my sister and say, "Wow, that movie was like a, a a Ken movie, secretly inside of a Barbie movie." And then I, I had to give myself some more time to meditate on what I said and uh, and um, what the Barbie movie means. And I'm like, wow, I sounded like an exact jerk, an asshole, when I just turned to, like, right as soon as the movie ends. Oh, that was a Ken. I'm like, no, it's called Barbie movie, and it's a Barbie movie. It's not Ken movie. It was Ken movie. It would be called Ken. It wouldn't be called Barbie, and it would be mostly about Ken. So what, what it gave me to realize is that there's much work I need to do psychologically, spiritually, emotionally as a man because let's start off with Ken. You know, Barbie, she had a lack of purpose and she was going through some conflicting emotions and purpose. But Ken had the least amount of purpose and the worst type of emotions to bear with. Because his dilemma is, oh, I want you to notice me. I want you to look at me. I want to be with Barbie. I want to go to her house. And she's like, you know, it's, it's not all about that. And sometimes I say no, or I will say no. Even him trying to kiss Barbie. You know, what what is revealing to me is that you can have feelings for somebody and that person could say no. You, in return, have to find something that drives and push you because, you know, being like taking a step back and looking at uh, Ken, you would say he's a simp. And honestly, yeah, that is sort of bare minimum what a simp is like looking forward to a girl's attention, looking forward to her affection. And since she crushed him, you know, somewhat and denied him, he goes through this little arc in the patriarchy. So that, that was also the thing is when you feel powerless, don't turn to things that give you power that's not supposed to be sustainable. And that whole patriarchy thing that he went through was like a great example. You know, there, there could be like so many guys out there that, you know, feel powerless and feel rejected by a female. And they put so much energy into her and then, you know, they get rejected. And now they want to turn towards negative things in the world and in yourself to get that power back. Obviously, is the wrong message. But it's excellent how the Barbie movie was able to indulge and articulate it just in a little way to really really emphasize that whole plot right there and well, the reason why I say the Barbie movie was excellent and I loved it is because it didn't come off as too preachy about feminism was it I wouldn't say the Barbie movie is 
is a modern sense of a pro-feminist movie. I would say, in a sense, it's more of a classic feminist movie because, you know, Barbie is a career woman, a businesswoman, an entrepreneur. She could be whoever she is. And that's perfectly fine to be sad at moments, to not be perfect, to not be try to be a stereotype, you know? And I think that's a beautiful, you know, way of putting it. And that a happy ending isn't romance. A happy ending is truly understanding yourself and looking forward to your capabilities and what's around you and 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 your friends and your family. You know, that's 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 even higher. You know, you find love along the way, congratulations. However, when love and romance don't fall into place the way you would like it, so you need to be able to fall back on your core, honest, true, motivated self. What are you looking forward to? Type of energy. And that that was... You know, even though a lot of people may watch the movie and may not come to those conclusions, that's the conclusions that I came to. And I think it was a beautiful way, a beautiful way of articulating it, you know. And also spiritually, like on an astrological, because I know a little bit of Margaret Robbie, whatever her name is. And Ryan Gosling's astrology. Margaret, she's a moon dominant woman. And moon dominant women tend to have a lot of affection, especially turns them off when a guy is overly affectionate, overly like trying to put her on a pedestal and all that. And the whole psychological dynamics of that is because. That's the moon. That's not the sun. The sun is on a pedestal. So when she gets around a masculine energy that's trying to put her on a pedestal, it really does turn her off. Ryan Gosling, it's like like subconsciously they did great casting for us astrologically speaking for the movie. Ryan Gosling is a Venus (coughs) dominant sun person. What I mean by that is He's Palfagulli. And the type of degree he's Palfagulli, he is, is Venus dominant. And it does a lot with singing and dancing and entertainment. And overall, you know, it does express romance. But I do notice that those Venusian men tend to be toxic when it comes to relationships because they tend to be the type of men that make the woman the center of their happiness and really the crux that really drives them. Some women, obviously not moon dominant, like a fire woman, you know, like a a sun placement in a fire sign could take that type of attention and intensity heat. Because that's, that's what that Venusian Palfaguni is doing. 
also what makes him like so like stereotypical powerful goonie being as dominant is his height and when you see in some shots to shots he he's not taller than her he he's like close to being equal to her but technically she's a little bit taller than him and that's you know the thing about the venus dominant person is they're not mars they're not the sun they're not even saturn or jupiter those are pretty masculine their expression and when venus comes to creating a man she's not going to make him ultra masculine she'll make the way that he articulates himself brutal in that mass abrasive in that masculinity that's what venus does for the men they they tend to make the men hospitable very much <clears throat> negative towards other men but overly positive towards women as you can see rogoson what was he doing a bickering and fight with all the other kens that's how venus is you know venus feels threatened by another man's masculinity especially if they feel like that man's masculinity is is more masculine than it is and you know it it, it you see in the movie Ryan Gosling he goes through that ultra masculinity masculinity to the point where it reminds you of fight club and that's what fight club was basically all about not for you to take masculinity too seriously or those ideas it's almost like fight club was trying to spoof masculinity and that's what Ryan Gosling was chest out fur coat you know big car you know just the way that he's acting and and all of that stuff so you know he he really did placate into that so what is venusian man's ultimate is to be happily expressive artistic to use your body every fiber in you to express art you know low frequency or standard frequency venusian is to see the art in a in a love interest but even higher than that is to recognize she even comes from art and from nature and nature is beautiful the world around you is beautiful and that's that's the highest form of of venusian um understanding is that you bring the party and the joy and the entertainment and the excitement to the people around you you know that's that's his highest level and for the moon yeah the moon she could be very vain and take in all this masculine energy cuz all you know just like oh i, I want to put you on a pedestal like where the sun is at you're my sun but what she realizes what moon dominant women realizes that she gets her shot from somebody else now the negative part low frequency is you know that they go oh, it's coming from a man the sun dominant no that that light that power is not ultimately you is reflecting off of you and the more you're able to reflect off of that in the in the emanate that natural energy the better off 
and more supportive you become to the people around you because that's the moon. The moon is support. <laughs> the moon is mother. So that that's some, you know, very, very uh, powerful things I I explained to you on an astrological note regarding Barbie. Also on a psychologically and emotional side to the movie that I found that was beautiful and very much articulated well. And, you know, there's parts of the movie where you could honestly tell, like, yeah, they are conscious that children are watching, but there's also parts of the movie that realize that also adults are watching. So there's some, there's some things in there for kids and there's some things in there for adults, you know? And, and uh, it's, it, it was a great and powerful movie. Just the type of movie you, you need in this uh, time. I hope that other people are able to learn and to uh, grow from that movie. Just as much as I was. Yep. Also, you know, one last thing that's also been bothering me a little bit, and at times it bothers me a lot, is that, you know, the whole idea of expression and masculinity could always be put in a box. And if you don't check off this box or said boxes, it can mean something negative for us your masculinity and your output and what you're able to do and and other things and what I like to say is that masculinity is something inherent from the male in that it isn't a set criteria the more we get into a set criteria the more you're really going into husbandry, the more you're getting into fatherhood, you know, masculinity. If you also know astrology, because it'll help you to tell the difference between all three of those concepts is that, let me just indulge in astrology and then I'll pan back to the real world, all right? The son is not the father. The father is Jupiter, you know? And when the king gets into a father mode, they're not so much in a king role, you know? And, and you know, it, it goes that way. To be ultimate in your man, or really your masculinity, is to tap into less of that fatherhood and more into manhood, you know? And there's, there's all shapes and forms to the male, whether you're in early development or you're in later development, you know, it doesn't really pan out to be um, muscles and building or you developing those muscles or exercising all that because it's it's a dangerous dangerous teeter tot 
type of conversation when you want to describe the ideal man and then you pan over and you look at men that don't indulge in the physical phys- the physicalities of of manhood you know when you look at men like Stephen Hawking or Albert Einstein, without a shadow of a doubt, they're men, and there's nothing that they have done or said that makes them less of a man. So when we begin to describe a man and it begins to go into the territory of physical, that's when I could agree with you know the queer community and the non-binary commu- community as no, that's not a man. I could agree with them on those physicality points. But, you know, the interesting thing is once we start to pan out, you know, emotionally speaking, it's it's also a slippery slope, I noticed. And that it isn't said criteria of masculinity or what makes a man and all that. Now, the reason why I started indulging this is because what I noticed in our modern day is that our perception and how we perceive females and how we want females to interact with us with this, I would want to categorize as a hyper definition of masculinity, like some check off the box type of stuff is, isn't, um, isn't really congruent with, with our progress. Um, A great example is Max Looking. You know, I got into researching, all right, what exactly is Max Looking? And it's to believe that you try honestly on all fronts to look your best. You know, perfect hair, go to the gym, diet, good clothes, but you know, if when you're able to achieve all of that, you will hope and pray that also personality, and also emotionally, psychologically, spiritually, you're also evolving and, and getting better. But you know, it all goes down to you being the best possible man, personality-wise, for the people around you for you to be the ultimate man or you know some textbook definition if you had to make it into a textbook definition you know and that sort of frame and you know correlation is incongruent with heightism you know it's a slippery slope it is not illegal for us to have a preference however it is okay to have a preference because you have a standard and you have something to look forward to. Some people's preferences is just strictly spiritual. Some people's preferences is just strictly physical. I think that having a preference that somewhat, you know, touch base on all of those fronts is the best type of preference. So we could look at a man and be like, all right, yeah, man, you're, you're real shallow because... You just don't like big girls, regardless of, you know, their personality or what they bring to the table, financially speaking, all of that extra. Oh, we could admit that for females, 
to have like a heightism, like, all right, I'm only going to date guys at this height or even expressing the idea that women should not have to compromise height when it comes to dating. It makes them depressed seeing a woman dating a guy that's shorter than him. She ought to be looking up to him. She ought, she needs a six foot one guy if she's six feet tall. You know, it's just it makes other women cringe for that female. Like, gosh, girl, you 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 may really compromise yourself by dating that short guy. Like, do you really feel safe with that guy? Does he have the Napoleon complex? Is he really immature? It's like sort of like a ping pong because when I did research on the preference and it really gets dangerous with heightism is that yes on one side us guys we do tend to self express that that feeling of of heightism onto females believing that and this is the worst type that everybody could agree on Exiting yourself out of the equation because you had the idea in your head that, oh, she's not going to like me, regardless of finances, regardless of your personality, regardless of anything else, mostly or psychologically, she will reject you because of your height. So why even try? Or even because of your height, oh, she's too tall, she's not into me, I need to get with a girl that's shorter than me, she'll be able to look up to me and stuff like that. You know, that's bad. You know, that's not the right way of going about it. And that, unfortunately, because of our society and the help of the Internet, you know, with social media and dating preferences, we were making heightism and overall body shaming, you know, being plus size as so much more of a factor than what it was back in the day, you know guys back in the day didn't really go through this whole juxtaposition of heightism unlike before a lot of women would say you know honestly all respect you know to because you can imagine this is a woman speaking Uh, you know I never thought about dating a midget. I never thought about dating a dwarf. However, I don't really have a preference for how tall the guy is. You know, we we would hear that, but you know, I guess us guys, we, in, in some capacity, we make that a reality. And, you know, it's just hard for us to stop. As soon as you, it's hard for us humans to stop something as soon as we start doing something, right? So I, I, I only fear, you know, for the worst, because you, you also got popular women expressing the idea that uh, for other women to actually deny other men because of their height, do not date him. We need to figure out a way how to breed short men out of existence. You know, ideas and expressions like that, that really hurts some men. And us men being more self-conscious is a great thing, is coming with our society, unlike, you know, our forebearers. And 
it's you know you 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 got to try your best to keep the light man and and to be the best possible human being you you can be and i'm trying my best to get out and about in this world and to be involved with people and not shut myself in but you know the the reality that i will forever face rejection cannot be my juxtaposition of my life and my attitude and my output outlook on life i need to find a way to find inner peace alone but still be amongst other people that the idea that i may never ever be loved by a, a female in that that and I need to change my attitude and my perception that that's not a bad thing. It's not per se a good thing. Like you're looking forward to it. It's something, you know, and that I need to find other things in life that gives me that fire. <laughs> so you know, also what I haven't told y'all is I've been writing. I've been writing a novel. It's a historical fiction, and it's called The Roman Princess. And even though it's called The Roman Princess, most of the story is not based in Rome. It's based in Egypt. So, you know, I'm, I'm finding some solace in my writing and me expressing my ideas and having characters somewhat reflect my ideas and positions and even doing some constructive problem solving in my writing and you know expressing some ideologies that that uh you know i'm not trying to indoctrinate you know folks but i'm just um really just putting it out there and it's something for me to look forward to you know, what one of the and this is not the end all be all of you know how to solve the universal problem. However, I think this does play a crucial role in the psychology of male interaction, female interaction is you know, a long time ago, we liked the stereotype, and you know, obviously, because of modern society, we're breaking this. But if it's like a very thin, frail skeleton, it sort of give you ideas that man focuses on tools, on objects, on a thing, on a project, and he puts his life into it. And you know, it benefits other men gather around it, they champion it, they congratulate it. With other men comes women. Women, they like, you know, men, they want to express with men, they want to be with men, and they pick and choose on their own. You know, what I could tell you is no woman wants to be with a boring guy, with an unmotivated guy. And like I told you with the problem with focusing too much on females is, you know, Focus on that thing, that project, that, that activity that benefits a group that will attract women. And, you know, the, the woman, 
she may be attracted to said guy because of just strictly his looks, but she might be interested or even curious because, you know, the whole stereotype of women's curiosity is what also drives them is, you know, it'll, it'll build up her curiosity to figure out, all right, what is this guy into? What, what's he so busy at? And this guy that I like, He's also real buddy-buddy and cool with this guy. He got something going on. And, you know, it just gets her more interested and interactive with you. And where you can mess up at is you begin to notice that and then turn your attention. Nah, she liked you because you was focused on this. So continue to do that. That's really going to turn around. She really likes that. That's the truth. Don't focus too much on her because in reality, you got what you wanted if you really wanted her. She, she likes you, bro. So complete your job. Do a good job. Have it benefit people, you know, and, you know, more than just men because, you know, just like Ken, you could get it to the patriarchy. You'd be all negative. Oh, just da 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 da, da right? But, you know, the, the more broad in scope that you try to make your projects, your activities or whatever you're doing for the benefit for everybody is, is really going to really shine and make you the best type of person that you could ever be in this world. Ever. Yep. And guess what? We like to pinhole and stereotype and put into a box oh you got to be good at the physical there's a lot of men that use their mental to their best ability they use their noggin to the best of their ability you know so your your activity and your project could be like um you know something science related you know something like a novel you know how many women read novels and they're into the novel. But the moment the guy, you know, wants to focus on the women and, yeah, I write books just for y'all. That, that's where it all begins to fall down, you know. So whatever you do, be confident in it. Go towards it with all the passion, and all the optimism, because that's what people are attracted to, positivity and the optimism. Yeah, tragedy and bad news bears could get a whole lot of attention, but I believe positivity that everybody could relate to in the call law is the best type of attention. All right, so I think I got done with everything I wanted to tell y'all, and... We're out.